The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Hey, it was a real treat to be able to sit in on the first hour of Sid Rosenberg's show yesterday. I got great feedback from a lot of you that listened. It's a little bit different than what we normally do in the overnights, but you know what? Morning radio is a little different than overnight radio. But rest assured, Sid Rosenberg will be back where he belongs this morning at 6 o'clock. Thank you to everybody that listened nonetheless. We are in an era right now where people get a little carried away. We are in the habit of destroying anthills with bazookas. And nowhere is that illustrated better than banning any names that have anything to do with American Indians or indigenous peoples and school mascots in New York. That's what's happened. The New York State Board of Regents has banned any school mascot, any team name like the Chiefs, the Braves, the whatever, anything that has anything to do with the indigenous peoples. Well, now the Massapequa School District is fighting back. They have filed a lawsuit against the New York State Board of Regents a couple of days ago, claiming the agency violated its constitutional rights when it banned the use of American Indian mascots, team names, and imagery in public schools. The ban, which was codified in May, stated that affected schools had to resolve to do away with the team names and imagery by June of 2022 and eradicate all references to the name and imagery by the end of 2024 to 2025 school year. Massapequa goes by Chiefs and is one of 13 Long Island school districts affected by the statute. I think they actually have a very strong case. You know, when you talk about the First Amendment, these schools have a First Amendment to name their school whatever they want, name their teams whatever they want. And I don't think that just because the politically correct winds of the day are blowing in the direction of not allowing people to name themselves the Chiefs, that that should trample the First Amendment right of these schools to name them whatever they want. And if Massapequa wants to be the Chiefs, they should be able to. I'm very eager to see this case adjudicated and I'll be honest I think Massapequa has a great shot at winning this one go Chiefs one wonders if the Board of Regents spent this amount of time energy and effort into getting students to actually be proficient in math and reading instead of banning politically incorrect names where we'd be beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I live a stone's throw away from the Outer Bridge Crossing. Hey, by the way, here's a little bit of trivia. This is something that even a lot of people in New Jersey and Staten Island don't know the answer to. Do you know who the Outer Bridge Crossing is named for? Yeah, it's named for someone. A lot of people just think it's the Outer Bridge. No, it is named for Eugenius Outerbridge, who was the first head of the Port Authority and whose family was instrumental in bringing tennis to America. And a lot of people don't even know that it's named for someone. They think Outer Bridge is just uh, the name of a bridge. Well, anyway, this is a bridge that is almost a century old and it is in bad shape. Should the 95-year-old Outerbridge Crossing be 
be replaced? My answer is 100% yes. Well, now there will be an $8 million study to see if I'm correct. So the fate of this 95-year-old bridge between New Jersey and Staten Island is now in the hands of engineers hired by the Port Authority. And they're going to determine if additional lanes can be added to the span. An $8.3 million study, which New York State officials sought two years ago, will determine whether lanes can be added to the old bridge or if it should be replaced. There are currently two lanes in each direction and no shoulder. It's one of those bridges that you actually hold your breath and cross your fingers, maybe even say a prayer when you have to cross it. There are two lanes in each direction, no shoulders, and according to Rick Cotton, who's the executive director of the Port Authority, he said we were asked to do a widening study, and that request was required by a law signed by Governor Kathy Hochul in 2021. New York's law directed the Port Authority to studying widening and how to increase traffic flow and send a report about the findings to both states' governors and legislatures. My view is, I think it is woefully inadequate. I don't think a widening is possible. I think a new bridge is sorely, sorely needed. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, here is a law that I think actually does something for consumers. I can't believe this wasn't already the law, and I think this is a huge step in the right direction. New York is now going to require flood disclosures in home sales. So New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill requiring people selling their homes to disclose whether their properties have been flooded or are at risk for future flooding. This new law comes as inland areas in the state have become more vulnerable to flooding, with climate change spurring on rising sea levels and more intense storms. The signing will make New York at least the 30th state in the country to require flood disclosures during home sales. New York has a similar law in place for rental properties already. The law closes a loophole in state law that has allowed home sellers to pay a $500 fee to avoid disclosing their home's flood risk. Can you imagine? There was actually a provision where you could buy your way out of ripping off consumers. The law also requires sellers to to disclose additional information about flooding in their properties, such as whether the property is in a flood hazard area and if any flood insurance claims have been made. A national climate assessment report has found that the Northeast region is seeing the greatest increase in extreme rainfall in the country, as well as a sea level rise that is three times greater than the global average. I am all for this. I am not for more restrictions on private sector business transactions, but I'm also not for consumers being duped and people being ripped off by buying homes where the owner knows these houses are going to flood and does nothing to inform the buyer of that fact. I am all for this, and uh, I say buyer beware 
there only goes so far. I am uh, thinking this is a huge step in the right direction. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Former governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, if you listen to Thursday's program, you know, is now claiming that the COVID lockdowns were voluntary. Meantime, I spoke with a friend of mine who had a restaurant, said he was fined $5,000 just for having some friends and family in his restaurant. Wasn't open to the public. It was just uh, serving his local friends and family, a dozen people at most at two different tables. He was fined $5,000. No warning. And yet the governor says it was mandatory. Excuse me says it was voluntary. In any event, Governor Cuomo said on Sunday that New York City Mayor Eric Adams is right to warn the migrant crisis could destroy the five boroughs. The governor sided with Mayor Adams while bashing their fellow Democrats, President Biden and his successor, Governor Kathy Hochul, who he selected twice to be his running mate. And according to what media reports said, Cuomo said the federal government has failed to manage the problem. This is what he told the largely black congregation at God's Battalion of Prayer Church in Prospect Lefferts Garden, Brooklyn, a friendly audience that has welcomed the scandal-scarred governor in the past. He said, the plain truth is New York City is overloaded. And I find that difficult to disagree with. He said, we cannot take more than we have taken. And the plain truth is New York City cannot pay the bill for this migrant problem. Echoing the statements that he made on his podcast last week, he said it's billions and billions of dollars for New York City. And this is on top of the homeless problem, the crime problem, people leaving, businesses leaving post-COVID. Now, I agree with everything that the governor said. But there are a lot of us that recognized illegal immigration was a problem even before a year ago. And while those of us that wanted to do something about this at the border were calling this out all over the state and not wanting to make New York a sanctuary state, not only was Governor Cuomo doing whatever he could to allow driver's licenses for illegal aliens, not only was he doing whatever he could to make this a sanctuary state through executive order, not through legislation, but he actually went so far as to call members of ICE thugs. And yet, because he's had this epiphany, we're supposed to uh, think that he's suddenly speaking common sense? No. I think this is a blatant political calculus and yet another step in the Andrew Cuomo rehabilitation tour. He clearly wants to run for office again, and I think this is the next step in that. I'm not going to be fooled. I remember what kind of a governor he was. I hope the people of New York won't be either. Beam me up! To be continued.